Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Hidden Truths. And today we have our host, Bob Barone. Hi, Bob. How is everything going today? Everything's going fine, except for the market. Yes, exactly. We're going to talk about this, right? Lots of questions, lots of anxiety out there right now. Yes, there's lots of anxiety. So let's talk about the consensus economic forecast on Wall Street has switched from the economy strong to perhaps we are in for a mild recession. The labor market appears to be pretty strong. What's your view on that, Bob? Today's world, the media, including the financial media, always report their stories with a point of view. They really don't lie, but their point of view makes them be very selective about what they report. And you never get the whole story unless you dig. The last two employment reports are case in point. So the employment reports are consisting of two surveys. The major survey, or the one that always makes the headlines, is, is called the payroll survey or the establishment survey. And it is a survey of large and medium-sized businesses. Several years, actually several decades ago, the Bureau of Labor Statistics realized that small businesses are an important part of the economy. And they don't survey the small businesses. So what they did is they did a time study to try to figure out how fast small businesses grow. And they call that the birth death model. So every month, they don't actually survey the small business. From their model, they just add a number because over time, America's economy grows and there are more small businesses. So they just add a number. And using April's numbers, the payroll survey reported 428,000 new jobs, but they had added 160,000 with this birth death model. So they really only counted 268,000. ADP is America's largest payroll processor. And they have businesses that are large, they have businesses that are medium size, and they have businesses that are small. So ADP counts these, and ADP said that in April, 120,000 small business jobs were lost. Now, which would you believe? 160,000 that they just added because of some time study that they did years ago? Or would you believe ADP who actually processes payrolls? I believe ADP. So the 428,000, if we subtract out the birth death model and we subtract the ADP number, winds up at 148,000. That's not strong. And especially compared to what they said it was, 428,000. We know that the media didn't report any of that. The media reported 428,000 and the economy, they said, was strong. And they do two surveys. The second survey is a survey of households where they actually call the households. That resulted in April. That result in April was minus 353,000. Worse, the full-time positions were minus 651,000. So there's no way to characterize April's employment as strong. For sure, yeah. So that was April's report. How's the May report? Is that any better? 
The May report was slightly better, but in no way was it strong either. Using a similar method, a May's payroll report was plus 390,000, but like April's, that was enhanced by 100,000 with the birth death model. So only 290,000 were actually counted. And then if we go and use the ADP number for small business, which was minus 92,000 on net, we get 198,000, about half of what they reported. So again, in no way strong. In fact, overtime hours declined and have now declined three months in a row. We haven't seen that happen for seven years. And nowhere did I see any reports that the retail sector had laid off 61,000. That was in their surveys, but nobody talked about it. Finally, there's something called working part-time for economic reasons. That is people who are working part-time who either want full-time and can't find it, or whose businesses have become so slow that they only can work part-time. They rose by 349,000 and, and are now up in three of the last four months. There is a trend there, obviously, not a good one, right? No, there is a trend. If we just use ADP's numbers, if we look at December, ADP was 780,000 net new jobs. By January, it had fallen to 512,000. That's still pretty strong. Yeah. By March, it was 249,000. And then in May, it was 128,000. So you see the trend is clearly down. For sure. Yeah, so as I indicated earlier, the narrative on Wall Street now seems to be that we are in for a major recession. It seems to be uh, happening. What are your thoughts there, Bob? The incoming data show marked slowdown in the economy. So the narrative that on Wall Street, they had to change it from the economy being strong to something else. So they changed it to, oh, we're going to have a recession, but it's going to be mild. So don't worry. And besides that, it's not coming until next year. The data that I see says something much, much different. Any other Wall Street disappointments? Yeah, so what we've had is some disappointments on the part of corporate reporting in the first quarter. First, we've had Walmart and Target report. They reported earnings and sales and guidance that the Wall Street analysts did not like. Both of them said that consumers purchased fewer discretionary items. Walmart said that consumers spent more on food and less on discretionary items. Of course, they spent more on food because food prices have skyrocketed. Yeah, yeah. Did anything else come out of the recent quarterly Wall Street earnings report? Besides Walmart and Target, we've had disappointments from Home Depot, from Kohl's, and most recently from Microsoft and Tesla. Of note here is that Tesla has announced a 10% workforce reduction. Mm. Now, this morning, we had another Coinbase, which is in the cryptocurrency area, report that they're going to lay off 18% of their workforce. So it now appears that corporate America is already feeling pinched. Inventories, too, are too high. 
We could have gleaned that from the original Target and Walmart reports that consumers were purchasing fewer discretionary items. In fact, wholesale inventories have risen 24% year over year, and retail inventories are up 15%. That's a 38-year high. Yeah. Last week, we had the ports of LA report the third most rapid number of unloadings in the history of the port. Wow. That means inventory is coming into the country because it's not staying at the ports. It goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see yeah. even higher inventory. Is this a function of the shortage narrative that was a major theme in 2021? Yes. The shortage narrative caused businesses to order early. They worried about not having enough goods on their shelves. Now that they have them on the shelves, it appears that the consumers don't want them. So we expect this excess inventory to go on sale. That should really help the inflation problem. In fact, last Tuesday, June 7th, CNBC had a headline that I think says it all. The headline said, Target expects squeezed profits from aggressive plan to get rid of unwanted inventory. And the subheading was, Target said it will take a short-term hit to profits as it cancels orders and marks down unwanted merchandise. I would actually say that if it's not on sale now, it will be on sale soon. Good point. The folks on Wall Street say that consumer balance sheets are strong right now and that they have a lot of cash. So not to worry too much. That's ancient history. The savings rate was quite high when Washington, D.C. was giving away money. Actually, it was near 30%, and that's shown on the slide. It has now fallen to a 14-year low of 4.4%. And over the last four years, the consumer, in an attempt to keep up their standards of living, have gone on a borrowing binge. And we've seen a record run-up in credit card debt, $120 billion over a four-month period ending in April, $38 billion alone in April. Mm. So one would expect that with the prices rising faster than wages, that the delinquencies would rise. And in fact, we're seeing subprime credit card holder delinquencies up six months in a row, and 8.5% of auto loans are now delinquent. When cash is low, people turn to credit cards, obviously. I understand that the housing market is starting to show some cracks as well. Can you elaborate on that? So the new home market is a real big contributor to GDP. So if it slows down, it's going to have an impact on GDP. New housing inventory, that's how many houses are available for the number of houses that are demanded each month. That's gone from a two-month supply to a nine-month supply. So now the new housing inventory would last nine months at the current sales rates. Mortgage applications to purchase new homes are down double digits over the last several months and are down 21% from year-ago levels. No doubt this is a function of mortgage rates, which have gone from 3% to a statistic that I saw today, over 6%, which means that monthly mortgage costs for the same house you could have bought a year ago 
at a 3% mortgage rate are now almost up 50%. Worse, <clears throat> the rise in interest rates have caused big fall off in mortgage refinances. These are people who have a mortgage, but have a margin in their house so they can borrow more. And of course, because home prices have risen, that's true for almost everybody. And so they often use, uh, use the refinance money to buy big ticket items, put a pool in the house, buy a car, go on an expensive vacation. Those applications have fallen 75% year over year. That's dramatic. And that means those big ticket item purchases are going to slow down a lot. In fact, the mortgage applications for refis are at a 22-year low. Wow, incredible. Have we seen any such slowdown in this type of purchases like vehicles and other type that you just mentioned, big vacations or big investments in homes? Just to give you an example, the University of Michigan puts out a monthly survey called their Consumer Sentiment Survey. The last several months, that survey has indicated that consumers were in no mood to purchase homes, cars, or other big ticket items. In fact, those sentiment indicators are now at all-time lows. So that was three, four months ago. Lo and behold, what we see is that new car sales for April are down 30% year over year. April's existing home sales are down 6% year over year. Pending home sales, those are new contracts, are down 9% and new home sales are down 12%. The University of Michigan's sentiment gauges continue to point lower. The latest released last week shows that the overall sentiment index is down to the lowest level in the history of the index, and that's since 1970. So we can expect that the housing statistics are going to continue to deteriorate for the foreseeable future. Those saying the economy is still vibrant, they point to the labor market, right? The unemployment rate is still about 3.6%, and now you see hiring signs everywhere. You look, how does that fit into what you see? The tight labor market actually preceded the pandemic. Part of this is demographic in nature because the baby boomers are retiring and there aren't enough younger people to take their place. Much of the problem, besides that demographic issue, a lot of the problem has been caused by the narrative itself that the labor market is tight. Um, so the view is that there aren't enough workers and that was caused by the narrative. What we've actually seen is that productivity is down 7.5%. This number is huge. We haven't seen a number anywhere close to this since the 1940s. What we've actually been experiencing are overhiring because of the narrative, not letting people go. So History says that when productivity falls like it has, a recession always follows. And does that mean that you're expecting a rising unemployment rate? Yes, I am. Although initial jobless claims are still pretty low, they've started to rise. And now we've seen the layoff announcements on the rise. The Challenger survey of layoffs show that they're starting to rise. And I think we've seen the announcements from Tesla and uh, are just the tip of the iceberg. Um, 
You've only briefly mentioned inflation. Inflation is obviously on everybody's mind right now. You see the media push the scary scenario that we are in the 1917s style stagflation. What's your view on that? As you can tell from what I've said, I'm pretty bearish on the economy. I think we're going to have a recession. I think it's going to be a deep recession, and it's going to come sooner than the narrative would have you believe. But I am bullish on inflation, believe it or not. The inflation we are experiencing now is truly transient. And I use that word in its real meaning. The problem with the word transient is that when the government used it, when Jay Powell used it, he never defined the time frame. So the public and the media imputed a very short time frame for the inflation problem to be solved, two or three months. The term transient actually means not permanent. So I'm fairly confident that, and I'm going out on a limb to say that the May inflation of 8.6% year over year is going to be the peak. And I have some very good reasons for this. First, fiscal policy. Remember in 2020 and 2021, the federal government was sending checks to everybody, free money. That's not here anymore. And uh, fiscal policy has turned much tighter. The money supply, which was expanding as the Fed was continuing to ease, is now contracting. And anybody who's had basic finance or basic economics knows that Milton Friedman said, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. The money supply is now contracting, and so is the velocity of money. If it's truly a monetary phenomenon, we should see inflation start to come down soon. Now let's talk about the Fed. They caused interest rates to rise, clearly, and when they have their meeting in the next couple of days, they're probably going to raise the interest rates again. But they've also begun this thing called quantitative tightening. This is them selling their bond portfolio into the marketplace. And that dries up liquidity because the cash that the Fed gets actually shrinks the money supply. So that's going to have an impact usually on financial markets. And of course, we've seen the financial markets react pretty badly over the last couple of weeks. Then there's this thing called vendor delivery delays. These are delays in people ordering inventory and can't get it. The last measure I looked at is the Institute for Supply Management's measure, and it's at a 14-month low. And then, as I mentioned earlier, the ports in LA have unloaded cargo at a near-record level, which means which means that the inventory is there. The supply chain issues seem to be going away. And much of the inflation that we've had has been a supply chain problem. Now, rents have been rising and that has impacted the inflation numbers also. Anybody who travels around the country into America's large and medium-sized cities knows that everywhere they look, new apartments are being built. Those new apartments will come online in the second half of 2022, and that will stop the rise in rents because in order to fill those apartment units, there's going to be a lot of competition. 
Another reason is the strong US dollar. As the Fed raises interest rates, the dollar strengthens, and that means it costs fewer dollars to buy foreign goods. So that's another point that inflation will moderate. Okay. Now, commodity prices. So when the supply chain issues hit, all the commodities went up in price. Over the last three months, lumber has fallen 43%. In fact, I think that number is old. It's probably fallen more than that now. Steel rebar is down 22% from its peak. Iron ore is down 35% from its peak. And the Baltic dry index, which is a general measure of commodity prices, is down 20% uh, since mid-May. That's only three weeks ago. Wow, yeah. The major retailers, I mentioned Target and Walmart, but others will be reducing inventories. And that means they have to sell them at sale prices. Target, as I said, already announced their major inventory reduction. And wages have been growing quite rapidly since the second half of 2021, but they're starting to moderate now. And we're going to see them moderate even more as the unemployment rate rises. So all of those reasons that I just have given are reasons that uh, inflation is transient. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, in my mind, transient isn't two or three months, it could be eight months, 12 months, maybe even a year and a half. Mm. It's a long process, but we are not in a stagflationary environment like we were in the 70s. This is supply issues that are being resolved and we will see prices come down. Okay, that's good news. I find some good news there. Any final thoughts, Bob? What would you like to leave your viewers with today? So all of the indicators are saying something different than what the narratives are on Wall Street. All of the data say that the recession is going to be much deeper than Wall Street says, and it's going to come sooner. The fact that the markets are reacting now over the last week or so really negatively, I think that the investors are finally getting that sense. Uh, For consumers, the lower and middle income earners are suffering the most from the large inflation tax that we have, and that's impacting consumption. When it used to cost you $50 to fill your car with gas, and now it costs you $100, that's $50 you can't spend elsewhere. Upper income earners are also being impacted by the bear market in equities. And whenever you have a bear market in equities, it's a psychological impact on those upper income earners. And they don't spend as much because their portfolios are down and they don't feel as confident. So the implications for the economy is that we're going to see inventory reductions. Things are going to be on sale. If they're not on sale now, they soon will be. Wait for the sale. Uh, If you want to buy that car, probably wait until the fall when they all go on sale. Corporations are going to be right-sizing. So we saw the dramatic fall in productivity because they have too many people. So they're going to be right-sizing. And that means we're going to see layoffs rising and rising unemployment, perhaps even over 5%. 
Really well. Some good news, some bad news there. Very interesting and great insight. Very helpful. But thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for your time. Again, this is Hidden Truths. If you want to watch all the videos and listen to all the podcasts, visit hiddentruths.today. Remember to subscribe and to share with your network. Thank you so much and see you next time.